Our gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. God, open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive all that you would have for us today. Amen. Well, this morning we are continuing in our series, Life as a House. Over this series, we're using elements of a house to better understand our relationship with God and the ways God reveals grace to us. Two weeks ago, Sterling, with the help of Don Bowden, spoke to us about a strong foundation when building a structure, and that applies not only to a house, but again, also to our faith. Today, we are building off of that foundation and talking about the exterior pieces of a house that you see at first glance. So the front porch and the threshold and front door of a house. As I was thinking this week about porches and thresholds and doors, my mind kept taking me back to my summer days going to camp at Blue Lake. Going to camp each summer was such a special tradition for me and my sister. We began going when I was in around second grade, and I have such fond memories of staying in the cabins with all my friends, eating the camp food, going to campfires, playing all the big games with everyone like Foursquare, kickball, um, capture the flag, the campfires, and of course, all of the singing. I know for many people, singing might not make the top 10 list of favorite things that happen at camp, but I love to sing. I love to dance. I love music. I think that music brings people together across time and space in a way that not a lot of other things can. And so, Somehow, when I was thinking of doors and thresholds and porches, I kept going back to Blue Lake. Our brain has a funny way of recalling to us memories we didn't even know we had stored deep within us. And I realized the reason this was happening for me is because of a passage just a little bit before in the same passage in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. I learned this song or I should say these scripture verses as a song, as a child at Blue Lake Camp. So hear now these words from Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. It was really hard for me not to sing the song to you just then, but I'm trying to respect the rules about singing that we have right now in our church. But hearing this scripture, it does bring, apart, bring alive something within me, something from my childhood. And it really hit me this week as I had this memory tied to this scripture verse. 
that singing those songs at camp, just like kids sing songs at VBS and in children's choir and in Sunday school, it's so much more than just singing songs or doing something to pass the time with the kids. These experiences, singing scripture, getting into the word through song, is building a strong foundation for our faith to build upon. So as I said, today we're building off of that foundation. And so to get a better understanding of building a house, Sterling and I went to speak to another architect in our congregation, Dennis Carlisle. In this first video, you will hear him talking about the structure and purpose of a front porch on a house. What makes for a good front porch? Well, the basics of a good porch, remember a porch is sort of a transition space between outside or the exterior and the interior of the home. So it wants to solve the basic problems of being that transition. It needs to have a sort of a protective area, a place to sit, and shelter over. And you could have screen or not have screen. But it's sort of that de defining space in between interior and outside. What should the front porch present to someone approaching your house? Uh, an inviting area should be inviting for anyone that's coming, you know, around the house or something like that. Uh, but again, it kind of has that also a little bit of privacy aspect to it because, you know, like in this case, it's somewhat raised and you have some shrubs around it. Gives you this corner lot is a little more exposed, you know. You've got roads on either side, and it's close to the property, you know, to the sidewalk. But it being raised and having a landscape around it, it kind of has a protected area or realm around it. Thank you, Dennis. The front porch, though it can be a place of rejuvenation and relaxation, it also serves as a transitional space from the exterior to the interior. It provides protection from the weather, from the elements, and for this reason, the founder of what we now know of as the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, used the front porch as the first to describe the first type of grace we receive from God, provenient grace. Just as a porch goes before a house, so provenient grace is the grace that goes before us. It is present and active in our lives from the moment we are born, before we have had the chance to sin, before we are even aware of God in our lives. Provenient grace is the grace that precedes us and prevents us from ever living without God. It is available and present to all people, even if they don't notice it. It's really, really amazing. We believe that the moment a person is born, they are clothed and covered with this provenient grace from God. And so this is why in the United Methodist Church, we do baptize infants, because we believe even from the moment they are so small, they can't speak and they can't make decisions for themselves yet, we still believe that God's grace is already present in their lives. This is provenient grace. The gift of grace has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. So John Wesley spoke of provenient grace like a front porch. 
This grace connects us to God in a real way, just like a front porch connects us to the exterior and the interior of the house, but it's not quite the same as a relationship with God. This is the first contact God makes, but it's not a relationship until we respond. So just like being on someone's front porch can be nice and relaxing, it's still not quite the same as being invited inside the house. And yet another gift of grace, we get to decide whether or not we will choose God as we have been chosen. In a relinquishing of power, God gave all of humanity the gift of free will. The ball is in our court. So in this house metaphor, choosing God looks like approaching the threshold and front door of the house. So after we learned about the front porch, this transitional piece that connects the exterior to the interior, we asked Dennis if he would share with all of us what is the purpose of a threshold and a front door. So take a listen to what he had to say. Tell us about, about the front door and what a threshold even is. It has a kind of a very, kind of a deep meaning in the sense that when you cross the threshold, it means a lot kind of symbolically. Uh, you know, because we think of different milestones in life and kind of entering into a different period of life or maybe when you get married, you know, take the bride across the threshold, right? It kind of really sets a new direction in life. And then, but in a house, you're kind of using a threshold. You know, practically speaking, it's only a seal. It seals off between the floor and the bottom of the door. Okay. So it closes that gap. But in the symbolic sense, you're kind of crossing a threshold from the exterior to the interior. Now, going back to the what you talked about on the front porch being this transitional space, the front door and the threshold would be like the barrier from this transitional space into the interior of the house. It is, and it can right. Uh, and, and if you look at it that way, it's kind of like you know, we lock our doors and we kind of have that physical barrier. And at the same time, it's a, so it's a protective device. It's also an inviting device on the opposite hand, you know, so you kind of have that contrasting thing. When you open the door, it's an invitation to come in right. to a guest. So it's inviting in that sense. At the same time, we, we lock our doors at night, unfortunately, and then so it kind of creates that, that barrier for us. What makes for a good front door and threshold? Does it act in that practical way of closing the space off, protecting the interior, and when it's opened, does it actually invite people in? Mm -hmm. So it's the power of that front door, if you want to say that, is to be that entry point. It is the entry to the home. Mm -hmm. So it has to be opened by the owner to make that entry. Thank you again, Dennis. So, we are on the porch from the moment we are born. And at some point, we can realize that we are sinful and in need of a savior. But before we can experience the second type of grace, we have to act. We have to do something, and that something here is called repent. 
We do this by acknowledging our sins and our need for God's grace in our lives. In this moment of repentance, we turn away from sin in the world and turn towards God's love and grace, which has been with us all along. Within this repentance, there is a desire to change, a desire to be transformed. So in this moment of moving from the front porch and moving towards the door, in this moment of awakening, the grace of God is already in our lives. Again, that grace has been present from the moment you were born. But in the moment that we choose to choose God as we have been chosen, we are acknowledging that life inside the house must be so much better than even life on this grand, beautiful porch. So in repentance, we move away from the outside world and closer to the door where we can ask, seek, and knock. All of this talk about houses and doors, it also reminded me of something else. Of course I shared it reminded me of that song I learned as a child, but it also reminds me of all of those home makeover shows on HGTV. I'm sure you know the type, like Extreme Makeover, Fixer Upper, and while each of these shows have their own flavor, they all seem to follow a similar formula. They have a house that either needs to be redone or the owners wish some things to change about it. Professionals come in, change the whole house, and then there's the moment of the big reveal. In my favorite of those shows, Fixer Upper, the couple or family stands on the sidewalk with a big picture of what the house looked like before on some rollers. And the two hosts of the shows, Chip and Joanna Gaines, get on either side of the picture, count to three, and roll away the old house to show the new and improved house. Typically, there is new painted brick, there may be new shutters, new landscaping. It is a grand reveal. But the reveal on the outside of the house is nothing compared to the reveal on the inside of the house. So they may stand there and look at the outside for a few moments and think, wow, this is just the most beautiful house I could imagine. But there is such a difference, a depth that changes when they get to that front door and enter into the space where they live and where they will do life. As we knock on the door, God, the owner of the house, is ready to open the door and lead us into our new life a life better and more beautiful than we could ever imagine. This new life that we receive as we repent and enter the house, as we cross the threshold of faith, is called justifying grace. This is the second type of grace that John Wesley spoke about. Justifying grace occurs as God pardons our sins, gives us forgiveness, and reconciliation comes from God all at the same time. And in that moment, we are given new birth as a real change takes place. And as this happens, the image of God is restored and brought out more fully within us. Through justifying grace, God transforms and renews us into the people we were created to be. About now, you may be thinking to yourself, why do United Methodists talk about John Wesley and these types of grace so much? You may be thinking, I hear a sermon about this at least once a year. It just seems kind of like doctrine that we shouldn't bring into these worship moments. But here's the thing. 
We talk about them so much because we believe these graces lead us on our path to salvation. So when we talk about experiencing pervenient grace, being on the porch, justifying grace, when we cross the threshold, we walk into the house, we are talking about life-changing, salvific moments in the lives of Christians. We have a great example of this life-changing grace in action right here at Ashland Place this week. Our confirmation class has been learning about these Wesleyan understandings and core Christian beliefs over the last year. And even when the pandemic hit and they could no longer meet in person, after a few weeks they regrouped and began meeting on Zoom. They've been encouraged to ask tough questions, to be curious about these Christian teachings and beliefs, and to consider how their faith in Jesus should lead them to live differently in the world. So they've been doing this for the past year, getting together week by week by week. Next Sunday, October 4th, is the day that they will make their vows, repent of their sins, and profess their faith before God and all of us, their church family. In that moment, they will cross over the threshold of faith. We have laid out the welcome mat. There's a wreath on the door. We are ready to welcome them in. And just as we welcome them in to this official, to be official members of this church, God will welcome them fully into the house of faith. This is huge, a life-changing day that should cause for celebration. After they are confirmed, their parents will place a hand-decorated stole around their shoulders. Our youth director, Leanne, is leading them in making these stoles tonight, along with the confirmation's fearless leader, Mae Winters. One side of the stole will represent them and the unique person that God has created them to be with unique talents, unique characteristics, so that will represent them. And on the other side of the stole will represent God, Words for God, I don't want to give it all away, but it's really neat how the two, stole, the two sides of the stoles connect in the middle with the words CRP, meaning Chosen Royal Priesthood. And this comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And this Chosen Royal Priesthood connects us to God. Again, recalling that provenient grace when God chose you, God chose us, all of us, from the moment we were born. And now, they are getting to choose God back. These stoles are just one way that we, their church family, will be able to visibly see the change that has taken place in their making of vows and their profession of faith. We will celebrate and thank God for these 10 students who cross the threshold. And it will also be a great reminder to us all that confirmation is not the end of the faith journey, but the beginning of a life transformed through Christ. When a person receives God's cleansing, justifying grace, they are being refined and transformed into the people God created them to be. It is a grace that cleanses us, but it doesn't excuse us to live however we want. All Christians are called to continually ask, seek, and knock, even when we've crossed that threshold into the house of God. This is why we need a community of faith 
to help us as we are reborn and transformed into people that reflect the image and likeness of God in the world. So where does this refining and sharpening happen here at Ashland Place? Of course, we've already talked about confirmation, which is a year of intensive sharpening and refining transformation, but that's not the only place. This happens in discipleship, in Bible studies, small groups, and in worship services. It happens through accountability, authentic relationships, and genuine striving towards loving God and our neighbors with perfect love. Church is to be a place that reminds us we are not perfect, but through God's grace, we can be made more like Christ every day through our intentional acts, such as asking, seeking, and knocking. We do this through teaching kids songs that hold scripture within them. We teach them the stories of our faith so that when they grow older, they will know deep down, even if it's in the very back of their brain, they will remember these moments, these songs, these stories. It is indeed laying that strong foundation. We do this by pouring into the students who are in confirmation or in the youth group, who are learning to accept the love and grace that God has poured out for them. And we let them ask the tough questions. We don't turn away questions, we encourage questions. It's good to be curious about God and the story of our faith. As adults, we model the importance of going to church, even virtually, of being in worship, of attending Bible studies in small groups. We show by example that even once we've crossed that threshold, even when we have chosen God, the asking, seeking, and knocking doesn't end there. I praise God for the gift of these graces the grace that goes before like a grand front porch, and the grace that welcomes us into a new life transformed through Christ. I thank God for the ways we are constantly being redeemed and being made more like God every day. May we accept this grace freely, and in return, strive to be more like Christ every day. And in doing so, may we help others who are on the porch see that the door the threshold is right in front of them. May we encourage them to walk up and knock. Thanks be to God. Amen.